You are listening to the Urban Foster Dad Podcast. Leave a comment, ask questions, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Front yard, getting ready to take my niece and nephew. And Cheryl says, ask Bianca to call me. I go out there and I say, Bianca, Cheryl, your supervisor is on the phone and she wants you to call her. And she said, I will call her when I'm in the car with the kids. So no matter what Cheryl said, Bianca was still going to take the kids. Okay. And so then once that happened, while I once Bianca realized that I got a hold of Cheryl, she wasn't expecting that because it was a Friday evening. Gotcha. Once I got a hold of Cheryl, Bianca texted me while I was on the phone with Cheryl, the number to the supervisor of the day who she had actually spoke to. Got you. The call that she'd actually made. Once they were all gone, I called that person. Her name was Maribel. And I asked Maribel about making the decision and I told her the whole situation and her response was, if she said, I'm not trying to be judgy, but if marijuana is such a problem, why don't you just stop? Claim she smelled it faintly. Like that was the issue. There was no issue. Of, there was no complaints of them, of, of us seeing, being seen smoking. Yeah. There was no complaints of us being intoxicated. There was nothing. There's just this smell that she's going off of. And it's insane to me that she's able to make one phone call and disrupt these kids' lives so much. Yeah, but you know, the, so, the, the social worker actually illegal. has custody of the children and Honestly, I can tell you here in Virginia, without warning, they can remove the kids at any moment because they have custody of them. Yeah. They made that well known to us. The um, the RFA worker actually told us that they owned the kids. Yeah, that's how he said it. And yeah. I'm like, excuse yeah. me, you don't own anything. Mm-hmm. This is my family. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's why the system is so broken. Yeah, because you. We are family. Like, I get, I absolutely get that there are some family members out there that, no, your kids shouldn't go to. Like, I 100% get that. Who opened up the case on your brother and his wife to begin with? We don't actually know. Um, I have a feeling it was probably the school. Okay. Uh, My brother thinks it was somebody across his apartment, in in his apartment complex across the way. But their, their whole apartment complex is pretty rough so So, maybe is it low income yes okay gotcha so i think i think it was the school um which like i said i'm i didn't know that my nephew had pneumonia i didn't know that he was sick like that he's got down syndrome so he can't um really verbalize very well and so i didn't know that he was sick like that and that was the whole thing of you know, why it was such an urgent matter is because he was sick. And so I tried to be understanding on those levels. Like, okay, if, if, if I wasn't a family member, if I was, you know, just a foster parent that, you know, takes in kids, like I could have that. I think I could have that emotional disconnection, but this is my family and I do know them and I do know that. And I know my niece and nephews and I, I, so, and, and right now, what has happened since is when she took them, she didn't take any other stuff. The same way she brought them to me. She didn't bring them any other stuff, any documents, nothing. Okay. When she took them, she didn't take any of their stuff. And I offered to pack them some of their stuff, some of their belongings. 
And she said no. And that was two months ago, and their stuff is still here. I've reached out to the department twice before I went beyond them. Yeah. And um, not once has anybody bothered to. And so, and like I said, they left with nothing. So my niece. She's she's a preteen. Her journals. I had a whole book collection for her. She's got all kinds of new clothes. She just, you know, she's a young girl in this world. And those things are important important to her. And they just left them. And then we found out that the person who provides the services for my nephew hasn't wasn't even contacted when they were removed. That's been two months, so my nephew isn't getting the services he needs wow. for two months. And I'm just, I don't understand how the county can do this, how my niece and nephew can just fall through the cracks like yeah. this. My nephew is special you, needs. Social workers have about sometimes anywhere as little as 10 and as many as 30 kids. Right. Yeah. And so. I, I, we said that. We tried to explain that on our end. You know, we said we are doing this because we know that they, you know, they, they need us and stuff. Yeah. And then we mentioned like, you know, maybe doing it in the future. And the social workers were like, oh, we're, we're not overstaffed. We're not, I mean, we're not understaffed. We have plenty of, we have plenty of this. And I'm like, why does the process take so long then? Yeah. And they're like, it's just a long process. I'm like, no, it's because you guys are under. Everybody knows the entire foster care system in the entire country. Yeah, is broken. Yeah, like yes, we know is. this. this Definitely. Is, this, um, did you guys hire a lawyer, or did we you talk are to, a lawyer? to a lawyer? Okay, yes. you're talking to a lawyer. And what type of advice, if any, the lawyer is giving you guys? So far, we're going through the. Uh, paperwork process because the county um when they took the kids they didn't actually terminate our um i guess Placement. application okay. process okay. the right way so what they were supposed to do was when they took the kids they were supposed to send us a notice of action okay so that and and in the notice of action it has the appeals process okay and they were supposed to send us that, so we had the opportunity to appeal within that certain time frame. Well, they never sent us that. Instead, they sent us a letter seizing the application process. Oh, wow. So, they, and, and when we contacted DHS to say, to, you know, request an gr- internal grievance, they said they denied it. And they said no, because they were removed for imminent danger. That is the code that they put for the reason that they were removed from my house. Yeah. So... I, I called and I asked them, how, how is it imminent danger if the social worker, the social worker came in and she was in my house and left the kids in my house for a total of 67 minutes. So if the smell of cannabis was so harmful, why would she walk into the house, smell it where she claimed, she claimed she smelled it in the living room, smell it. Yet walk through the entire house, keep the kids in the house while she can put on this whole ruse. Yeah. You know, and that to me does not say imminent anything. Mm -mm. That says nothing. Well, we've already established that she came there with the intent of moving the kids. There's a... There's a... um, So my husband and I, because we are um, cannabis activists... And advocates, and we are because, and I don't, I'm not, I'm, you know, I know this is foster parent conversation, but 
cannabis saved me essentially because I struggled with pills in the past because that's what the VA used to prescribe. Um, and I realized I had a problem. I went to the VA. I asked them to get me help. They sent me to treatment. And when I came out, I was, I was still in physical pain from my disability, but I could no longer take any kind of pain reliever. So I started looking into cannabis and that changed my world. It changed everything. And so I was, so when I hear them tell me, why don't you just stop? I'm like, I would never tell, you'd never tell a diabetic to just stop taking their insulin. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this is my medication. Yeah. And so, and that's all, that's, that's all we're trying to do is, you know, trying to help our, you know, our family, our niece and nephew get the best chance that they have while still being able to take care of our, you know, ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, we're just trying to live our life. We're not yeah. trying, we're not hurting anybody. We're not, we're definitely helping these kids more than anybody else is. And unfortunately they're, victims of the system okay and it's just you and your brother do you have any other siblings that possibly could have stepped in or a first cousin i we have we have three um younger siblings but they all have they all have kids of their own and you know smaller families we were just the ones that had the space and the willingness, the desire, you know, and a lot of our our family members are also cannabis patients because we're in California. So, you know, it's, but there's a new law that just passed. Um, Our governor just signed last month, I believe it's, um, or uh, September, he signed it in September, but it hadn't gone into effect yet. However, it's specifically directed for foster families and it states that, cannabis is to be used is to be treated just as alcohol which it should and which it should. prescription medication right and so when i actually contacted dhs i contacted them separately without telling them my story and who i was just so i can get general information and so i asked them specifically about if there's a parent a couple who let's say they want to have a glass of wine for dinner yeah. with dinner yeah. um do they have to have it separately? And she said, of course not. And I said, do, oh, I said, okay, do they have to lock it in? Do they have to um, keep it locked away? And they said, no, of course not. I said, so they can keep it in their fridge. She yeah. said, yeah, of course. And I said, do they have to put a lock on their fridge? And she said, no. And she laughed because she didn't know what I, where I was yeah, going yeah, with it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, because, you know, it, for us, we had to keep it all locked away like locked away there's and which is fine but i'm trying you know trying to make the you know equivalent and and i mean let's be Um, honest let's let's be honest you can get it way messed up on some alcohol and not be able to function absolutely yeah come on now and just like alcohol everybody's tolerance level is different yeah so if we had people going out here using cannabis and causing car accidents like people do with alcohol, that'd be a whole different ball game. Come on now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear about, Mm-mm. you know, people this getting, cannabis, yeah. This guy was on cannabis. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And but that's not how we and they didn't think twice about it. When I was asking them about the alcohol, it was like because a lot of people drink. We yeah. don't even drink. So for you know, for them to be so 
hard on us to the point where they take they took the kids yeah. for something like that. It just it blows my mind, and my heart is broken for them. Yeah. But what the what the workers don't understand is, other than the fact that they've damaged my niece and nephew mm-hmm. with this experience, my life goes back to normal. You know, them doing that, all I did was. Other than break my heart for my niece and nephew, my my life goes back to normal. And all I have now is just a little bit of anxiety thinking they might come back for my kids. But other than that, you know, my life went back to normal. It didn't, they they didn't do anything. They're hurting them. Yeah. And and that's where we're at right now. I mean, I think it would be awful hard to come after you guys for your kids, especially when you're in a state where it's right. And and that's what I've been told, um, especially by the lawyers. They're mm-hmm. they're pretty clear about that. That there's yeah. no that's there's no chance. Yeah, because they're so, your kids. It's you know, but like I said, the kids are in care, and the social worker has custody of them. So you know, with her magic wand, she can do whatever she wants to do. Right, yeah. and she sure did. And they, at this point, um, I other than a couple of times when my niece called me from the shelter when they first left she called me to tell me that she loved me and and she misses us and um she was able to uh, my brother actually was able to call me on three-way with her and you know i asked her how she was doing she said she's doing okay she misses us asked her how benjamin was and and she said that he um he's back in diapers Wow. So and he's, he's six years old. No. We had him potty trained and he's back in diapers. And I just, I, I, I don't, I'm so sad for them. Yeah. I don't, I yeah. feel so stuck. Yeah. And, but I mean, you, you know, you guys, you know, you did what you needed to do. You stepped up for your brother. Um, The state is a, a big machine. You know what I'm saying? You're a little fish in a small pond and it's really yeah. hard to go up against the state and definitely the state of California. Well, we are, we are fish in a pond, but I wouldn't call us little fish because mm-hmm. we're going to make a lot of noise. Yeah. Cause I've had a kid but, removed from my home before and mm-hmm. nobody gave me any answers. Nobody said anything to me. It was like, this is what we're doing. That's the end of it. Let it go. And they act like in, once they're gone, like they don't, I mean, they don't have to tell you anything and they yeah. don't. I mean, it was almost as if we didn't exist. Yeah. Once they took them, it was as if we didn't exist. And, yeah. you know, meanwhile, I'm still here looking at my niece and nephew's stuff. Like I, I, I still have impacted up their stuff, like with the hopes that they're going to come back. And I just barely got myself to the point where I'm like, okay, it's time to box it up. And it's heartbreaking. I'm so yeah. sad because I really believed, I believed in this system. I used to believe in this system a lot. I used to think that this is, this is the way to go. If, if, if a kid needed some help, this is the way to go. And I was, I was, I was woken up. It was a, it was such a rude awakening. Yeah. So you, and you said that you were in foster care Well, your, your brother was a brother in foster care as well. My brother was in foster care as well, um, but I left before he did, okay. and I went to family. And so I had a social worker, but I didn't have to be placed in um, in a stranger's home. Okay. The way it worked out for me was I went straight to my grandma's, and then I was able to go. I actually went and lived with my best friend, and her mom went through the process to become my foster wow. mom. I 
I wanted to be a social worker and I wanted to be a foster mom just because of the foster mom that I had and what she did for me. She went through that process just for me. She didn't know me. I wasn't a relative. I was her daughter's best friend. And she went through that for me. And I never even had to go to a shelter or to a very special person. She really is. She absolutely is. And as soon as this happened to my brother, um, there was no doubt in my mind that, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how I step up. This was what was done for me. And it it did not work out the same. I, I ended up, you know, going to the military and being, you know, having my whole life and everything. And I feel like these kids are going to just get fall through the cracks okay. until they're old enough that I can actively be in their life when the state is not. Okay. So the end goal for you guys is to get the kids back. And if that doesn't happen, yes. then we just keep we just keep on trying. Okay. I mean, we yeah, the, we change the system. That's if we don't get them back right away. I mean, the last the the one of the cases in LA, it took them 3 years. Oh wow to get the kids back for 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 this exact reason there well, was how the will your niece that, be in three years she'll be 15 wow she'll be 15 but she knows i tell her all the time i will never stop fighting for you yeah. never and she knows and you know it, she my brother her she just had a birthday and so my brother had called me right before her birthday and was like you know i was talking to her and i asked her what she wanted for her birthday and she said she didn't want anything he said come on i'll try to do something get you something and she said i just want to go back to ntccs and that just broke my heart we need more people like you we cuz i'm telling you i've had kids placed in my home they've had aunts and uncles and no they won't get involved and, right. and, and and we need more people like you we need the family to take care of the family like you said when you were in care you you know what i'm saying you even though it was your best friends mother but she was like family to you yeah you see and, what I'm and now they are my family they they are family to yeah. me and that's the you know so i i know my my niece and nephew are just being you know bounced around at this point they my nephew is six and he is now in his third school district my niece is 10 she's well she's a yeah she's 11 and she's on her sixth school district I'll pray for you and I hope the kids come back. But with you and, you know, you know, a month or so from now, I'll reach out to find out, you know, what I'm saying where you guys are in the process. Right. And there's so here in California, there's a um, or in the county. I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure it's statewide. There is um, a policy in place that when the children are with family, you have to do everything you can to keep them with family yeah. you, that you go through. So if there's an issue, you address the issue. You have to go through this whole um, strategy plan for, um, you know, all kinds of things. And they, they didn't do any of those things. They didn't bring it up as an issue until it was time to take them. Yeah, she, They brought it up in the beginning saying that they, didn't like the fact that essentially saying that didn't like the fact that we were cannabis users and they never brought it up in between. And then when they came to take them, that was the other time they brought it up. And then when it came in the letter, that was in the letter to cease the application process. Three of the five things were the, were 
cannabis related, the okay. cannabis plants, the smell of cannabis. She even threw in there, and then I'm not joking, and this has never been brought up. This is never even mentioned. Okay. Possibility of transporting while intoxicated. Oh, wow. Like transporting wow. to where you've never even seen us driving. We're not even like, what are you talking about? She really, they were really reaching Yeah. at that point. And so we'll keep fighting. I appreciate you taking the time to hear us. Um, There is a resource out there that we went through called advocates.org. That's in California. Mm -hmm. Um, That's who we went through to find um, the attorneys that have worked on cases just like ours. And um, that's where we were able to find a lawyer that had worked on a case like this in L.A. And she won. She, She actually sued the county. And they won. And, you know, if we have to get down to the nitty gritty, you know, if the county has to take care of my niece and nephew for the rest of their life, so be it. Because this is not okay. If something changes, please reach out to me. You have my number. Please come back on the show and let the listeners know. Absolutely. And thank you so much for hearing our story and And for not judging. I'm not judging. And like I said, I, you know, appreciate you and your husband for serving in the military. And I thank you. Thank you. That was my honor. Thank you. All right. Good night, Cece. Have a good evening. You are listening to the Urban Foster Dad Podcast. Leave a comment, ask questions, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.